We are excited today because we have a missionary couple with us uh, that are coming out of the southern New England and they're heading onto the field for the first time. Their names are Kyle and Holly Truern along with their children Paisley and Mark and we're so glad to have them here with us this morning. They're going to be sharing not only about their mission but sharing the word of God with us this morning. I'll let them tell you a little bit more about themselves but would you join me in giving a great big Bethany welcome to the Truern family. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. I, you know, the video of the Ukrainian refugees, we spoke to our leadership last week, Paul Tremontosi, he's the regional director for all of Europe, and he said that we anticipate 6 to 12 million refugees to come into Europe over the next several months. That's a lot of people that have um, practical needs that need to be met, clothing, housing, food. But more than that, they have spiritual needs that need to be met. And the international churches throughout Europe, the national churches throughout Europe, one of the most beautiful things from this crisis has been how they have come together in unity to meet the needs of people. Unity, the church coming together can do wonderful things. So thank you, Bethany, for your part in that. Um, We are Kyle and Holly Truern, and like Pastor said, we are headed to the country of Italy. And before I share, we have just a short video to show. Could we play that? line in that video is hope is in the gospel. How many of you know that hope is in the gospel? Jesus is in the gospel. He is the gospel. We are headed to the city of Genoa. It's a city of over half a million people, and we will be the first Assemblies of God missionaries in this city, in this region of Italy, and we will be planting an international church. What is an international church? Yeah, thank you. An international church is intentionally multi-ethnic, multi-generational, and multilingual. Lingual, is that the word? Yes. Um, So our services will be in both English and in Italian, and then as need and opportunity arises, we'll translate our services into other languages. But in the country of Italy and Europe as a whole, less than 2% of the population identify as evangelical Christian. And so with statistics like that, it's safe to assume that most Europeans will go their entire life without ever coming face-to-face with someone that can share 
share the gospel with them. And so that is why missionaries go to Europe. Most people think of Europe and they, they think of the beautiful Instagrammable places and the churches and the, the water and the food. And Europe is certainly beautiful, but Europe needs Jesus. Europe needs people. Europe needs missionaries to go and to tell them about Jesus. We will be reaching secular Europeans. In that video, there was a line. um, It was from an interview with a university student. And she said, I don't believe in God, but I miss him. And that does something to me. There are people that are saying, I I don't believe in God, but how many of you know there's a longing within each and every one of us, and the only person that can fill that longing is the Lord? So we'll reach secular Europeans, refugees, and then marginalized people groups. And so thank you so much for your partnership. Thank you for being part of our team. Thank you for sending us. Thank you for praying for us. We are an extension of Bethany Assembly. When we go to Italy, we're an extension of each of you, and your partnership means the world. So thank you so much. Thank you, Holly. I'm Kyle, and this is our first time here at Bethany Assembly, and uh, man, it it feels like home already. I love this church. You guys are so welcoming, and man, just an atmosphere of love for the Lord and love for one another, Uh, not to mention one of the best guitar players I've seen in a while. That guy's playing two guitars, like (laughs) laying it down over here. I can't even hardly play one. Wow. What a great worship service. Let's turn to the Word of God. We're going to be beginning in Mark chapter 8, beginning in verse 35. Let's pray. Lord, we ask for your Word to come alive to us today. Speak to our hearts. Change our lives. Lord, may we, may we hear today what your Spirit would say to us through your Word. In Jesus' name, amen. That uh, video of the Ukrainian refugees uh, filled my heart both with sorrow and hope. And the work that is happening in Europe right now is significant. That word significant, significance is uh, a key part of, I think, the, uh, the thought that the Holy Spirit would have for us today. Who here would like to live a life that matters? We all want to live a life that matters. We want to be significant. And I would propose to us today that significance is not found in what we achieve. But significance is found in surrender to the Lord. What do we mean by surrender? Simply this, I've heard it said that obedience is saying yes to God when he speaks. Surrender, however, is saying yes to God before he speaks. I'm going to say that again. Obedience is saying yes to God when he speaks, but surrender is saying yes to God before he speaks. Mark 8.35 puts it like this, for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake 
and the Gospels will save it. Europe is in need. For years, many people have gone to Europe in an attempt to find themselves. And we have an opportunity, uh, the, the Truern family and those ministering in Europe, to go and to lose ourselves. And that's our, our heart. And really the message that I believe that the Holy Spirit would have for each and every one of us, to lose ourselves for the sake of the gospel of Jesus. The need is great. The workers are few, both abroad and locally. I'd like to share with you an update that I received from Assemblies of God World Missions uh, Europe Regional Director Paul Tremontosi this week. He said, during the Syrian crisis in 2015 to 2017, there were over one and a half million Muslim refugees that came into Europe. And we know because we counted that just those Muslims that we and our partners in the Assemblies of God World Missions were able to minister to, we saw over 20,000 Muslims come to a genuine conversion in Christ during that time. God is able to use even dire circumstances. This time... It's different in the sense that there could be upwards of 6 to 12 million refugees, depending on how long this evil war continues. But the partnership, my friend says, the partnership of all of our national churches and international churches and missionaries has been nothing short of heroic. People have given their lives to try to get food and supplies to those who are suffering. We send massive truckloads. You guys sent a, a convoy of hope truck. You're part of this. We send massive truckloads of supplies to, those, to the border where our Pentecostal brothers meet us with vans. And we load their vans and they take their lives into their hands to deliver supplies. Last week, one of those vans was blown up and the driver was killed. He was one of our Pentecostal believers in Ukraine. Another one was shot, as, and he kept driving and continued and delivered the medical supplies and, the, and the, the food and was treated there in an awful medical facility in the war zone. The unity of the church is shining brightly right now, and we ask for concentrated prayer for peace. Some of our brothers and sisters are losing their lives for the sake of the gospel, literally, but we're not all called to lose our life and to pass into heaven, but we may be called to lose our life in surrender each and every day. In fact, I wouldn't say we may be. We are called to lose our life in surrender each and every day. How do we know this? If we go to Luke chapter 14, verse 33, Jesus says again, Therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. I wonder if after Jesus said stuff like this, the disciples kind of pulled him aside like, hey, Jesus, like that doesn't tweet very well. Like we can't, <laughs> that's not really quotable. That's kind of extreme. Like you can't say stuff like that, Jesus. We need to get you like a PR director or something. Any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. If this seems extreme, it's because it is. Jesus is extreme. He went to extreme measures on the cross. Jesus renounced all that he had to save you and me. 
If we're to follow him, we should not be surprised that he asks us to live the same way that he does. You want to be a disciple of Jesus. You want to be like Jesus. What does that mean? That means all, like Paul said, all is lost. To live is Christ and to die is gain. I consider everything that I have, everything that I've achieved as garbage compared to the exceeding wealth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There was a song we used to sing in church when I was a kid. It went, yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. Anybody know this one? Yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart, I'll agree. And my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. Some of you are thinking, this is why he preaches and he's not in the choir. That's okay. (laughs) But what kind of difference could our lives make if we said yes before the question was asked? C.S. Lewis wrote an essay entitled, Three Kinds of Men. I would encourage you to read it. And he uses men to, you know, to describe mankind. So ladies, this applies to you as well. I'll sum up the essay this way. The three types of men that C.S. Lewis described are number one, disobedient. Disobedient are those who live for themselves. Pretty, pretty straightforward. Type number two are those who are obedient. These are those who attempt to follow the rules and C.S. Lewis puts it like, it's like paying taxes. This is, you know, we're coming up on tax season. Everybody said, woohoo. Right? They didn't get a big cheer. But we don't skip out on paying our taxes. We are obedient. We do it faithfully. Uh, One, because it's the right thing to do. And two, we don't want to go to jail. But we do it faithfully, and we hope there will be plenty left over for us to spend on ourselves. And some people obey, a lot of people obey God this way. We do what we have to do, kind of like paying our taxes so we don't get in trouble. But we hope that there's enough of our life and enough of our soul and enough of our time to spend on ourselves. And it's, sometimes it's like the two wills are in conflict. There's my will and God's will and, and which one do I live at any given moment. And then there is the third type of person. The third type of person is someone who is surrendered. Someone who understands that to live is Christ, but to die is gain. These people, to quote the the essay here, these people have got rid of the tiresome business of adjusting the rival claims of self and God by the simple expedient of rejecting the claims of self altogether. The old egoist will has been turned around, reconditioned, and made into a new thing. The will, I love this, the will of Christ no longer limits theirs because it is theirs. All their time in belonging to him also belongs to them for they are his. That type of harmony, that's what it looks like to surrender to Jesus. And I wonder if there's anyone here today who's tired of paying the tax of obedience and trying to live on what's left over. Maybe this morning could be your moment of surrender. 
Maybe you've never made the decision to surrender your heart and your life to Jesus. And at the close of this message, Pastor Stephen's going to come and give an, an invitation and lead us in a time of response and prayer. And maybe you would say in that moment, I need Jesus to save me and forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And I want to be a new person and I want to surrender my life to Jesus. There will be an opportunity for you at the end of this message. And maybe this is your moment of surrender. I want to paint for us a picture today of what surrender looks like. In Damascus, Syria, there's an Arabic congregation that crosses bombed out streets and wire barriers to get to church. In a country torn apart by civil war, where airstrikes frequently target civilians, where the prominent religion is Islam, there remains a church. Surrounded by physical and spiritual opposition in the face of violence, they gather together and they sing at the top of their voices. And one of the songs that they sing is an old one. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, the trumpet call, obey. Forth to the mighty conflict in this his glorious day. Ye that are men now serve him against unnumbered foes. Let courage, I love this line, let courage arise with danger and strength to strength oppose. That's a good song. It's different in a war zone. A surrendered life is one of courage. Let's look at another aspect of a surrendered life in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 7. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches in Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty. Hold on. Those two go together? Read that again. Their abundance of joy... And their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. This is amazing. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the, to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. Accordingly, we urged Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you also excel in this act of grace. This is, this is an amazing picture of what a surrendered life that leads to generosity looks like. A surrendered life has courage. A surrendered life has generosity. I love the, the Corinthian church. Paul says, out of their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty. Many of us have an abundance of stuff and a poverty of joy. We got it backwards. But these people, even in their abundance, even in their extreme poverty, have an abundance of joy that overflows in generosity. And they gave according to and even beyond their means. A surrendered life is one of generosity. Surrender leads us to give not because of law, but because of love. And we want to thank you that out of your love 
for the kingdom of God and out of your love for the church and out of your love for missions and out of your love for the lost, you are a missions supporting church and you send missionaries and you support the cause of missions around the world and you share the gospel of Jesus Christ with your friends and neighbors and you you bring extra candy for Easter. Come on, children's pastors. All the, all the children's workers said amen. It's out of compassion. It's like Jesus in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 through 38. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, compassion leads us to give. Compassion leads us to courage. This, is, this all goes under the umbrella of surrender to Jesus. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. E.M. Bounds, one of the great Christian authors, wrote this. Mankind is God's method. The church is always looking for better methods. God is looking for better men and women. What the world needs is not more machinery or better new organizations or more and novel methods, but men and women whom the Holy Spirit can use. The Holy Spirit does not come, not come on machinery, but on men. He does not anoint plans, but people. It's not great talents or great learning or great preachers that God needs, but men great in holiness, great in faith, great in love, great in faithfulness, great for God. If we're going to be great at something, let's be great at surrendering to Jesus each and every day. Lord, make us great at saying yes before the question is even asked. Oh, what kind of a difference could we make in this city if everyone in this room today said yes to Jesus before he asked the question? That's what revival looks like. That's what renewal looks like. It starts with surrender. Ian Bounds says people like this can mold a generation for God. I would add to this quote, applying it to missions, that missions is also at the end of the day all about people. Projects are significant, places are strategic, but it's people who are sent and people who are saved. And the surrendered life, the life surrendered to Jesus is one marked by a compassionate desire to seek and to save the lost, praying for and participating in missions. Matthew six nineteen through 21 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The surrendered heart is one that lays up treasure in heaven. The surrendered heart is not anchored to the things of this world. Where is your treasure? That's where your heart's going to be as well. Your treasure doesn't follow your heart. Your heart follows your treasure. You're like, what? All right, let me put it this way. Buy a bunch of stock in a particular company and see if you pay attention to the ticker on that stock's price. You will pay attention. You will know how that company 
is doing because your heart will be invested in it because it will follow your treasure. In, if you are invested in the kingdom of heaven, if you are invested in Bethany Assembly of God, if you have in, put your, your time and your money and your effort and your love and your friendship and your fellowship and the investment of your heart and, and the investment of all that you are, we're not, it, it, this in, you know, surrender includes money, but let me get this straight. We're not just talking about money today. This is a lot bigger than your money. This is about your heart. And if you lay up treasure in your local church, if you lay up treasure in the mission field, that's what treasure in the kingdom of heaven looks like. You'll be invested. The surrend- and the surrendered life has no problem laying up treasure in heaven because that person understands that it all belongs to Jesus already. Everything I have is his. The surrendered heart lives like the missionary Gladys Aylward, A-Y-L-W-A-R-D. She was from uh, Scotland. You should look her up. Not right now because we're in church and you're not supposed to play on your phone in church. Gladys Aylward felt God call her to China. And she had three and a half pennies. Three and a half pennies. And she took those pennies and she took her Bible and she laid them out before the Lord and she prayed out loud here is my Bible here is all the money I have and here is me find some way to use me God in that moment began a lifetime of sacrifice and a lifetime of suffering. She went for, she couldn't afford a ticket on a ship to get to, to China, so she ended up on a freight train through Russia and Siberia and like smuggled in over the Himalayan mountains, kidnapped prison riots. I mean, her story is insane. They sent Gladys into a prison riot where like the armed guards didn't want to go in. And they sent her in by herself. And this guy comes running at her with a machete. And she says, young man, you stop right there. And he drops the machete. And she says, now all of you, I'm going to talk to the governor on your behalf and talk about the way you've been mistreated in this prison. But first you have to clean up this mess. And she made it, I mean, just never underestimate the power of a little old lady full of the Holy Spirit. Come on. Gladys was awesome. But it all started with three and a half cents of Bible and me. Here's all I have. Find some way to use me, God. I wonder if somebody here this morning would be willing to pray. Here is me. Here's my heart. Here's my family. Here's my time. Lord, find some way to use me for your kingdom and for your glory. I surrender some. No. I surrender most. No. I surrender all. A surrendered life is one that holds nothing back. Alexander Duff was another veteran missionary to the, to the Indian nation, uh, to the country of India in the 1800s, who in his old age, he returned to Scotland, standing before the general assembly of the Presbyterian church. He made an appeal for new missionaries to go to India, but there was no response. So he continued, and while he's pleading with the assembly, he suffered a heart attack and fainted. He's carried off the platform, and a doctor begins to examine him. Pastor Duff opens his eyes and says, where am I? 
Doctor says, you've had a heart attack, lie, lie still. But I haven't finished my appeal. Take me back. I must go back. I must finish. And so with help, this old man mounts the steps back up to the platform, stands behind the pulpit and says, when Queen Victoria calls for volunteers, hundreds of young men respond. But when King Jesus calls, no one goes. And there was silence throughout the assembly, still. And he said, is it true that the fathers and mothers of Scotland have no more sons to give for India? Still, there was no response. With a sigh, Dr. Duff said, very well. Then aged though I am, I'll go back. I can lie down by the banks of the Ganges River and I can die. And thereby I can let the people of India know that there is one man in Scotland who loved them enough to give his life for them. And at this moment, one by one, young men throughout the assembly begin to stand to their feet and say, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. (laughs) A surrendered life is one that says, I will go and I will die. Understanding that to live is Christ and to die is gain. One of these days I'm going to be able to tell these stories without crying, but apparently today's not that day. I joke around that my, my heart gets full in it. It leaks out my eyes. May it not be said of us that we have no more sons and daughters to give for the nations. Last summer, Holly and I attended the funeral of a fellow missionary to Italy by the name of Rick Pasquale, who died suddenly. At the close of the message, Assemblies of God World Missions Director Greg Mundus posed the question, who will take his place? And Rick's wife, his widow, Jen, said, I will. I will go. I'm going back to Rome to the people in the church that God assigned us to lead together. And I'm going to continue this work. Friends, that's what surrender looks like. Pastor Jen had already said yes before the question was asked. She's there now. She's doing great work for Jesus. But if she had waited until the question was asked, I don't know, would her grief have overcome her ability to say yes? But it was already settled in her, already settled in her life that I say yes to Jesus when the question is asked of me. Our friends in Lisbon, Portugal, sent this testimony in progress to us recently. Anybody hear a testimony in progress? I'm a testimony in progress. I love testimonies in progress. A Christian young man from southern India with a Hindu background has been faithfully attending Life Church. That's the name of the church there in Portugal for several weeks and is serving with us in the media during the Sunday services as well as participating in weekly street evangelism. He's obtained a good job and residency and will soon be bringing his wife and his daughter to Portugal with him. Please pray for his family's salvation as he's the only Christian 
in his entire family. A surrendered life is one that follows Jesus even if we have to go alone. Once again, Jesus says in Luke 14, 33, I believe he would say to us today, therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Jesus wants all your money, not just 10%. Jesus wants all your time, not just Sundays and holidays, not just those 12 seconds before you eat when you say, thanks for the food, God. Jesus wants your entire mind, even your hopes, even your dreams, even your insecurities, even your plans. Jesus wants all of your words, not just your singing. Jesus wants all of your love, all of your heart. Jesus wants your surrender today. Will you surrender your life in order that the gospel of Jesus Christ might be proclaimed in and through you? Will you surrender your life to make much of God among the unsaved people of the world, among your friends, among your family, your co-workers, your neighbors? Are you willing to surrender? Will you say yes before the question is asked? He may call you away from legitimate and important things to an uncertain future. If so, would you say yes? He may call you to live a life of sacrifice. Will you say yes? Will you surrender your life to Jesus today? There may be some that you're realizing today that I've been holding back parts of my life from Jesus. I would invite you to surrender all. There may be some today that you would even be in the first category that you would say, I realize that I'm, I've been living in disobedience. I would invite you today as well, surrender to Jesus. And the wonderful thing about this, back to our verse that we started in Mark 8:35, whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will find it. I invite you today to live a life fully surrendered to Jesus Christ. Do that. And one day when you and I stand at the door to heaven, we will have lived a life that matters. Pastor Stephen, will you come and lead us in prayer? The difficulty with the gospel is that as people, we don't hear that call to surrender usually very well when we, when we first hear it. And we sometimes want to imagine that what we're being asked to do is to add a little something onto our lives. The good news of Jesus is this, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. We were separated from God, and we had rebelled against him. And so we were living in a manner that we were not designed to live. God made you that you might know him and love him and that your life might be satisfied in him. And sometimes when people hear the good news that Jesus loved them, that he died for them, what they want to do is they want to take that and they want to add it to their lives and then say, okay, now this can make me happy, but then continue to live as if they're really still in control. But the gospel is a gospel that says you're separated from God and the only way to be made right is if you die and you're 
made alive again in Jesus. You are, as Jesus put it, born again. And today, we've heard the gospel of surrender, and that surrender starts when we first recognize the good news that Jesus died for me so that I might die in him. And Jesus rose again so that my life may no longer be about me, but about him. The life I live, I now live in Christ. Today, that's the offer that's being made. So often people come to a difficult moment in their lives and they want something to add on to their lives in order to make them feel better. And then as soon as they feel better, they forget about it. Or they realize that adding this thing doesn't actually help in the end. And that's because the gospel is not a good news about Jesus coming to add a little something to your life, but to help you die to yourself so that you might live the way you were supposed to be living in him from the very beginning. And so today, that's the offer that's being made to you. If you don't have a relationship with God through Jesus, if you've not responded to the good news, or if you've responded to the good news in a way that you realize now was wrong, that you responded thinking, I'm adding something, or by doing a little bit better, I can feel better. If you've responded in that way, the gospel that's being presented to you right now is not a gospel of adding something to your life, but of dying to yourself so that you might live in Christ that you'd repent, turn away from your past, confess your sin to God, believing in Jesus and being saved, made new, transformed, and given eternal life. Would you close your eyes for just a moment? If you don't have a relationship with God through Jesus, you've not given your life to him in surrender, you've not believed that he died for you and rose again so that your life can now be in him instead of in you, then I want to give you that opportunity to respond today. The Bible says you respond by faith according to God's grace. That means that any thought you're having right now that you're going to add something to your life or that you're going to do a little bit better and then you'll come to God or you're going to try a little bit harder, that's not the gospel. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about right now the belief that Jesus died for you and he rose again so that your life can be in him. I'm talking about trusting Jesus with your whole life we're talking about surrender if you've not done that with your life and today you know that you need to you've not given your life over to him you've not believed him and trusted him for salvation then I'm gonna pray for you in just a moment but before I do I want you to just take this one simple and yet it might take a little bit of courage on your part step and that's this would you just lift your hand if you don't have a relationship with God through Jesus but today you want to express your faith in him and you want to ask Jesus to save you as you commit your life to surrendering to him would you just lift up your hands so that I can pray with you is there anybody like that this morning you don't already have that relationship with God through Jesus but today you want to begin that you want to say to God this morning I surrender to you and I receive salvation in you is there anyone like that if you're joining us online and you'd like to uh, respond, you can text the word HOPE to 413-300-6061 and we will respond to you. But is there anybody here this morning? You've not surrendered. I want to wait for just a moment because I don't want you to be worried about who else is looking at you or thinking about you because that has nothing to do with it. This is a moment where you decide... Have I heard God's voice in the gospel and am I going to surrender? Am I going to respond to him? If that's you, would you just lift up your hand? Anybody like that? 
I'm going to pray for those. If someone has responded online, I want to make sure that we don't miss them. So I'm going to pray. If you should have raised your hand, you can raise it as I pray. And you express in your heart that this is what your prayer is to God this morning. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I come to you and I confess that I've rebelled against you and I've sinned and been separated from you. I pray that you would forgive me. Today I recognize that what I need is not some self-help or try a little harder. I need to die to me that I might live to you. Please forgive me. I believe that Jesus died for my sin and today I believe that I die in him. And I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead to give me new life. And today I believe that I live in him. And I pray that you'd help me from this moment on to live not by faith in myself, but by faith in Jesus who loved me and gave himself up for me. I love you, Lord, and I want to surrender to you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The call we heard today was profound but simple, and it's not just for those who don't yet know Jesus, it's for all of us, and it's this. Have you said yes to God before the question is asked? Have you said yes to Jesus before you even know what he's going to ask you to do next? And so no matter where you're at in your relationship with God today, this is something that you can respond to. And I want to ask for a very simple response in this way. If, if you just want to confirm Jesus today, I say yes. If you've sensed God's Holy Spirit speaking to you through the word of God this morning and pulling on your heart to surrender, I'm going to ask if you do two things. The first one is this. Would you just stand up? If that's you and you'd say, I, I've sensed the Holy Spirit saying to me, you need to say yes to God before he even asks the question. Your life is to be one of surrender. Would you just stand up as you sense the Holy Spirit applying this word of God to your life today? Just stand. And, and the next thing I want you to do now that I've got you standing is would you just take a step and would you come forward in an act of surrender together as the body of Christ? And we want to pray together and ask God to help us and, and to say yes with our feet. Would you just do that? Come forward. And we're going to say yes just by moving forward. This isn't saying that you're living a life of disobedience. It's just saying, I want to live a life of surrender. I want to say yes. Even if I've said yes before, I want to say yes to God before the next question is asked. I want to reaffirm my surrender to the Lord today and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, we want you to move. Yes, Lord, we say yes to you today. In our lives, individually, you see the places, God, that you want to send us. Lord, today you see in some of our lives the, the places where we've been obedient, but it's been that tax on us, and our will struggles with yours at times. Today, Lord, we want to surrender and say, let your kingdom come and your will be done in my life, and teach me to love your will. Lord, give us a willing spirit and sustain us in that. Lord, help us to have a will that says, I want what God wants. I want to do what he desires me to do. I want to go where he tells me to go. Lord, teach us to have soft and willing hearts in those moments, Father, where our flesh would rise up and it would seek to take us in another direction. Lord, sustain us. 
Jesus, even as you prayed and you told Peter that Satan had asked to sift his soul, but you had prayed for him, we ask for your intercession. And we know you stand, Jesus, always at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us. And we thank you today that we have confidence that in those moments where our flesh rises up against the will of your Spirit, that you help us, Lord, to crucify the flesh, to put it to death again. Lord, there are many here this morning and they have throughout their lives walked in surrender to you. But today they're saying again, before the next question is asked, before the next call is given, I say yes again. I'm walking in surrender. Lord, we pray that you'd sustain us in that. You know the pull of our flesh. And Father, you know the unique challenges in each of our hearts to surrender. You saw the rich young ruler and you knew how to call him to surrender. And you see each one of us today and you know how to call us to surrender. Holy Spirit, right now, as we've made this move to say yes, Lord, before the next question is asked, we say yes. Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be at work speaking specifically to each of us calling us to that place where you know we've held on and we've not let go what we hold so dear to say yes to you put it on each heart right now lord what that specific thing is lord not just yes generally we surrender but lord what is that that love what is that possession what is that desire what is that dream what is that hope that you're calling us to lay before you today and say, God, this is yours, even as everything else is yours. Father, we surrender. And Lord, you know that our heart and our vision as a church is one of renewal. And we've heard today, renewal begins with surrender. And so as the body of Christ at Bethany, we ask you, that as a church corporately together, we would be a church surrendered. Lord, as a church, before you ask the next question of us, before the next challenge comes, before we know what you want from us in the next 10 years, what you're calling us to in our city, in our region, what kind of gifts you will ask us to give, what kind of challenges you will call us to confront, what kind of ministries you will ask us to begin, what kind of things you will tell us to end so that we can begin something else for your kingdom. Lord, before those questions are asked, we want to say to you together as your church, yes, Lord, we surrender to you. Yes, Lord, your will, not ours. Yes, Lord, our will being shaped by yours. Yes, Lord, to a life of surrender, not only individually, but together. Yes, Lord, we surrender to you. Would you just join me in that? Would you just say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We say yes to you, Jesus. We say yes to you today. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we go from this place today that what we will have is not just an experience, 
but that the Holy Spirit will remind, convict, and direct us to be people who live in constant surrender. Even as your word tells us to be a living sacrifice, help us, Lord, to live as a sacrifice to you. We love you, Lord. We thank you for that. And we surrender all to you. In Jesus' name we pray and we believe. Amen. Amen.